Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Today we're finishing the 16th parak of Mishnah Shabbos Perak Tes Zion Mishnah Ches, and then we're going to move on to Perak Yud Zion Mishnah Aleph. And today's Mishnah we begin discussing Amira Laakum, asking a non-Jew to do things for you. But in fact, we're not discussing the direct halach of asking a non-Jew to do things from you, but even merely benefiting from halacha that a non-Jew does for you is prohibited. And the reason for that is because we're concerned that if a non-Jew sees you, let's say reading in the dark, and he's so kind as to turn the light on for you, so although you didn't ask him to do it for you, and you weren't in violation of Amir Laakum, of asking a non-Jew to do malacha for you on Shabbos, we are concerned that the next time you're sitting and reading in the dark, you're going to remember, oh, last time he turned the light on for me, let me ask him again. So in order to avoid that, we don't allow you to benefit from malacha if a non-Jew directly does it for you. However, if the non-Jew does it for himself, or for that matter, perhaps for another Jew, so then you are allowed to benefit from it. If a non-Jew lights a lamp for his own use on Shabbos, let's say you're sitting in the uh, hotel lobby, and a non-Jew sits down next to you, and he wants to read his magazine, so he turns on the light, so you may continue sitting there and reading your magazine, enjoying the benefit from the non-Jew's light, because he really did it for himself. But if he did it for a Jew, also, then it's forbidden for you to use it on the Shabbos. And that is any Jew, even not your, not yourself. What if the non-Jew is sitting in, in, um, in the public domain, and he draws water from a private domain to, to give to his animal? So let's say he fills up the trough from, again, taking water from a private domain into the public domain, he fills the trough up, and then when his fa- animal finishes, a non-Jewish animal finishes, now there's water remaining, so the Jew can now feed his animal or, or the remain, remaining water. However, if the non-Jew does it specifically for the Jew, he, he, he pulls a rifka. He says, oh, I see your, your, your animal must be thirsty. Here's some water. Also, then it is forbidden for the, the Jew to make use of this water because the non-Jew did it for the Jew. Now, what's different about this case and the, in the previous case that we had to give both cases? Where we, what, 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 what extra uh, facet are we learning? And the answer is the... Um, the, the Mepharshim point out, the commentators point out, because you might think that in this case of drawing water, that when the non-Jew fills the trough up, he sees a Jew sitting there, that he might draw extra water for the, for the, for both for his animal and for, the, and for the Jewish animal, and the answer is we're not concerned about that. Next, and the final halacha, that if the Jew is on a ship, and the non is on a ship, and they have to uh, disembark from the ship, and the only way to do so is by building a ramp. He builds a ramp for himself to come down from the ship. Now the Jew can walk down this, gang, this, this ramp himself as well. But if he goes, oh, you need to get off, let me build a ramp for you, so then he may not do so. Why? Because again, he's building a ramp for Manjabas. That's Bona. Maisa, there was a story. Rabbi Gamliel, Uzzakane, Rabbi Gamliel, and the elders were sitting on a boat on Shabbos. They arrived at the docks on Shabbos. And the non Jew made a ramp for them to disembark on Shabbos. And the elders used it to come down on Shabbos because the non Jew had made it for himself. Now, just an interesting halacha. In general, if a boat arrives at the dock on Shabbos, one's not allowed to get off the boat because of a se- totally separate issue, and that is Tchum Shabbos. If the boat's coming from outside the Tchum, outside the 2,000 Amos, now to disembark 
off the, to, to the ship, you're walking out of the Tchum. So clearly this is a case where Rabbi Gamliel knew that at the onset of Shabbos, he was within 2,000 Amos of the dock. Okay, chapter 17, chapter Perak Zion. We are now moving on to the laws of Muksa, which we've already touched on a little bit in this Masechta, but we're now going to see the laws of Muksa. And simply put, for what we need to know now, is that anything that is considered a kli, a utensil, at the beginning of Shabbos, that then that is not considered, assuming it has a Shabbos purpose, that is not considered muksa. If it's not a cleat, it's not a utensil, when Shabbos commences, let's say it's just a beam or a rock, so then it is considered muksa. Therefore, even if it gets a use on Shabbos, somehow on Shabbos now it becomes useful, it has some sort of utility, it still remains muksa. Our Mishnah is going to deal with the opposite, where something on Shabbos loses its status of a cleat. Kol Kalim Notlum Shabbos. So our, our mission tells us all vessels may be moved on Shabbos, as if they're not muksa because they have purpose. And the doors of these vessels, let's say you have some sort of closet or cabinet that, that's movable, and they have a door, even though the door becomes detached, and once it becomes detached, it's just a plank of wood, that too, the door too, does not lose its status of a clee as a door, even though it's just a plank of wood once it's removed from the clee. So the door as well, even though once you remove it, it's still considered a clee, and it's also no, it's also considered not muksa on Shabbos. So again, the first part of our mission is telling us all vessels are that are portable may be moved on Shabbos, and even the doors, which are detached, are considered movable as well and are not don't lose their status as part of this clee. We still look at it as the uh, door to this clee, even when they're detached and they're not considered muksa. However, this is in contrast to Shaina Domal Bias, a door of a house is considered muksa because the door of a house is not what's called prepared. Meaning to say, what's muksa? Muksa is all the items in your possession which were not quote-unquote prepared at the onset of Shabbos. You didn't think, I need to use this on Shabbos. Well, a door of a house, so long as it's attached to the house, you look at it as part of your house. Once it becomes detached from your house, for whatever reason, on Shabbos, so now you're, it's, it, it loses the status of a cleat. It's no longer part of the house, and therefore it's not considered as if it was prepared before Shabbos for usage. It's now it's considered a new item. It's just a plank of wood, and therefore it loses its status as a door, and now it's considered muksa for the entire duration of the rest of Shabbos. I wish you all a wonderful day.